just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Salt Lake City this, Salt Lake City that. But there is money at the county, baby, and Mayor Jenny Wilson just presented her budget. Plus, 630 laps around the whale and our picks of the week. Lead producer Emily Means is here to help break down the week's news. It is Friday, October 27th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Good morning, Emily Means. Good morning, Ali Vallarta. Before we get into the news, we have to tell listeners about our membership program. We've been talking to you all about this for a couple weeks now, and frankly, I've had kind of an overwhelming response. We get a little ding every time someone becomes a member and jump for joy, and there have been a lot of dings lately. That's all I'll say. That tells you everything you need to know. Now, people are joining the program, and it's so heartwarming, and we appreciate it so much, and we want to see even more people do it. Yeah, but I want to ask you something, Emily, because this is a question that, honestly, I've been getting from people. And so in the interest of transparency, which hopefully is our brand, I'm just going to put it out there. Why would I pay for something that's already free? (laughs) Well, great question, Allie. I mean, we offer... Our daily podcast for free. We offer our daily newsletter, Hey Salt Lake, for free. And mm-hmm. let me tell you why you should pay for this thing that you've already been getting. <laughs> because we rely on local advertisers, you know, to kind of fund our operations here. We are a startup, though. And so we are looking for other funding options to stick around for the long term. We're trying mm-hmm. to see what works. We're trying to see how we can continue to serve our Salt Lake community. And so this membership program is one way to do that. So my pitch to you is if you like us and the work that we do here at CityCast Salt Lake, we hope you'll support it as a member. And you get a couple of perks like ad-free listening, which uh, you know is something that some, some folks may be interested in. Uh, But you can learn more about this program at membership.citycast.fm. You can join this program at that same website. And we really hope that you do because we want to we want to see your name and get that ding. Yeah, get that ding ding. And I got to tell you, if you become a member today, I'm looking at a list of current members right now. I got to tell you, you will be in very good company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Join the club. Very good company. Like, wow, this is a dream blunt rotation list of members here. <laughs> okay, let's get into the news of the week because Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson has presented her budget to the Salt Lake County Council for them to hmm and hmm about and for us to hmm, hmm. over and then we all shall vote. <laughs> We all will vote. (laughs) Well, we vote by either lodging complaints or praise between now and December 5th. 
of this year. And then the Salt Lake County Council will hopefully hear our yeas and nays and they will represent us and they will vote. And that's called democracy, Emily. (laughs) We're schoolhouse rocking this morning. (laughs) Correct. I want to talk about what's in this budget. Sure. But before we do, I want to talk just like really briefly. I think we should explain why this matters because Lord, 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 is it boring? I mean, it's actually not. But like the word Salt Lake County budget, I mean, they kind of do me in. And somehow, Allie... Salt Lake City budget doesn't have the same effect on me. No. You know, I'm like, ooh, the Salt Lake City budget is out. What do we got? What's the plan? Yeah. But Salt Lake County budget, you know, it's presented a little bit later in the year. And I'm also left wondering, why do I have to care about the county? Didn't I just go through this with the city? So... And let's also not negate that, like, presentation is everything in this life. And when Salt Lake City unveils its budget, we get this, like, kind of swanky website. It's got little graphics. It's I like, love the graphics. Yeah, it's like it is presented in a way that also feels more engaging. The Salt Lake County budget is a 600 and something odd, like, PDF, page PDF. <laughs> it's of 650 pages of line items, Allie. Of charts and line items, not a single graphic, no color. It's black and white. It's, like, hard to read. It's hard to untangle. Like, it's also just feels less accessible, frankly. So that's also part of why, you know, we're here. And we have these feelings about it. But I do want to say, as Salt Lake City residents, we shake our fist a lot at the city. And we should. That's our city, right? Like, collectively, we make it up and we have ownership there. But I remember when I first moved here, one of the things that I found really surprising is how much Salt Lake County as an entity, like, owns in this valley Mm. and operates. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like... That, I think, is kind of unusual. Like, counties always have power. But, like, Salt Lake County owns a Bravanel Hall. Like, if you go to the symphony, you're in a Salt Lake County-funded and run facility, right? The planetarium is owned by Salt Lake County. Like, our If you go to the doTERRA convention at the Salt Palace. (laughs) Right. You're in a Salt Lake County-owned facility. So, like, the county has a big presence in this valley and in our city. And sometimes as well, like we direct our rage at the city about some of the hot button issues. And we should also be paying very close attention to the county. I think an example of that is policing and our courts. Like if you have ever been upset with District Attorney Sim Gill, it is important to remember that he does not work for Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, right? He works for Mayor Jenny Wilson. Like that is a county role. Um, If you've ever been mad about our homelessness crisis, Salt Lake County is the continuum of care for the federal government, right? Like federal dollars, a lot of the money that is appropriated towards homelessness, that moves through Salt Lake County. That doesn't Mm -hmm. move through Salt Lake City. So I think it's important to tee this up by just saying this is why it matters. So, Allie, we're looking at a $1.9 billion budget that Mayor Uh Wilson has proposed. And the main headline from her proposal to the Salt Lake County Council is revenue has slowed down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big time. Not a great sign, but kind of a sign of the times, right? We've been dealing with record high inflation. Um, Healthcare costs have gone up. 
And we are also not flush with COVID relief funding anymore. The federal government infused a lot of dollars into local governments as a result of the pandemic. And we are we're we're out. So we're not able to rely on that anymore. And so Mayor Wilson is proposing a budget that includes cuts. It's a tight budget. It's an unfun budget. Yes. Yeah, it is. We're looking at cutting empty full-time positions, uh, cuts to travel expenses. 90% of department requests for funding were denied, says Mayor Wilson. Mm-hmm. 90%? Yeah. That's nuts to me, especially in a county that's growing, right? Like, you would expect our budget to grow. And, you know, these departments are like, we got to be able to fund all of these services, right? To accommodate our growing population. And this was confusing to me. And I looked for clarity. But like, specifically, Mayor Wilson said that tax revenue grew by less than 2% this year. How is that possible when the county is like, feels like is bursting at the seams with growth, right? Because like Salt Lake County stretches down to like Harriman, Bluffdale. Mm. I mean, you drive down there and it is just like, we are putting up homes. We are growing, growing, growing. Is it that people are just like having kids and those kids aren't paying taxes? Like what? <laughs> what? How did our revenue, our tax revenue grow by less than 2% when all we hear is that our county is surging? Yeah. Seems weird. Allie, I don't have the answers. <laughs> like, And maybe that is something we look for more clarity on. Like, I don't fully understand how much property tax and sales tax revenue goes to the county versus, you know, like the municipal governments, right. the city governments. Right. The city live. of Harriman is just yeah. rolling in dough. They're like, yeah, you know what? We're putting in an ice rink. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, the South Lake County Health Department's like, oh, sure, we can just take less money. It's fine. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll buy fewer Band-Aids or something (laughs) like that. So I don't know. Maybe that's something we dig into. But of note, here's what this budget is funding. Some, I would say, pretty moderate employee raises uh, kind of to accommodate for cost of living. I think the big standout items from this is they are looking to open rec centers free of charge to children. I love that. And Mayor Wilson said that was really important to her, especially as we've been hearing a lot about the harms of social media. That's been a big focus for our governor as well. Mm -hmm. And so she's looking to, you know, open the doors of these rec centers to kids and get them off their phones. Okay, yeah. Have you ever been to a county rec center and seen a 13-year-old? They're just inside the rec center on their phone. But okay, sure. (laughs) She's also looking at ending library late fees for children. And this is kind of surprising to me because Salt Lake City public library system has already done this. We did it in 2017. Yeah. (laughs) So honestly, I didn't even know that the county library system still had late fees. It does feel like Mayor Wilson was like, it's all bad news. I need we need something that's like basically free for us to do. You know, like we need something. I can't imagine the library system is executing on late fees very consistently. And that feels like kind of an easy thing to slip in and be like, look, isn't this nice? But otherwise, yeah. no spending. <laughs> I, I think I saw that ending late fees for children would amount to like $100,000 or something like yeah, that. I'll have to nothing. go check that. This is an almost $2 billion budget. So Yeah. 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 
so yeah, those are kind of the main takeaways. And this is, I think, a process people should engage in, like you said, Allie, like talk to your county council member. Well, here's the thing that I was thinking. So when you and I were seated here in October of last year talking about the Salt Lake County budget, we were talking about stuff that now seems kind of I don't want to say frivolous, but when you compare it with, you know, Salt Lake County employees being told at the most we're going to see cost of living increases of 3%, 2.75% this year. Like last year we had money for remember the 12 million dollar cooling system at the Salt Palace? <laughs> remember oh, the new shooting range for the Salt Lake County Sheriff's Department? The county matched funding for Centro Civico Mexicano to get a new building. Like, we were spending. I mean, whew. Yeah. yeah. Those federal dollars are pretty sweet. And it is kind of funny because, you know, the Salt Lake County Council, majority Republican now, and we often hear from the Republican Party that, like, they don't like when the feds get involved in their business. I have to wonder if the Salt Lake County mm. Council, many of them who are going to be up for re-election soon, like to be able to say to their constituents, here are some things we did for you, are looking at this budget and saying, hmm, I sure wish we had more money. Oh, interesting point, Allie. To which I say, what if we raised taxes? <laughs> well... The majority Republican county council would never suggest that. Precisely. Right? And it was interesting to see Mayor Jenny Wilson lead out on that and say, we are not raising taxes. And here is why this budget looks like this. And I think she's kind of in between a bit of a rock and a hard place because messaging on a tax increase is tough. No one wants to do it. But it's also necessary, right? Like, again, we opened this by talking about all the things that the county supplies for us or does for us or administers for us as residents of this valley. And it's painful to see that we can't afford 90% of general mm -hmm. fund new requests. I don't like yeah. that. Yeah. It feels like we're headed into dark times. <laughs> but yeah. I didn't get that same vibe when Mayor Mendenhall presented her budget, you no. know? Mm -mm. So I don't know. As a city resident, I felt like, yeah, cool. Feel I feel pretty good about where we're headed. But mm -hmm. as a county resident, I'm like, I'm not so sure. Not so sure about our future here. Well, but Salt Lake City did raise taxes. Wait, no, they didn't. Not this year. The last time Salt Lake City raised property taxes was 2022. But there was a hike on oh. our utilities, our public utilities fees this year to pay for the city's new $800 million uh, water treatment facility. Um. So there were increases. They weren't property tax increases, but uh -huh. there were things that went up. Uh -huh. It's easier to message, though, to 200,000 people who are largely yeah. share your politics, right? Good point. I don't know. Like, I feel like governing always comes back to this thing, which is like, it's just easier to govern smaller, right? Like, it's easier to govern Switzerland than the United States rogue states of America. <laughs> Go off, Allie. <laughs> the final budget vote is scheduled for December 5th, so feels like lots of time to engage in this process, learn a little bit more about the budget. Um, surely the county council will be having budget hearings that you can tune into and probably attend in person as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as much as that it sounds like you might prefer, I don't know, 
a root canal, uh, maybe consider going to the county council's budget hearings. If we all show up, maybe next year we'll get a nice PowerPoint again instead of a 650-page PDF. (laughs) (laughs) All I'm asking is we raise taxes so that we can build out a a budget website. A landing page. (laughs) With some slick graphics. Correct. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, And be one in a class of 19, not 100. Our second matter of business this week is something that neither you nor I would ever do, which is run a marathon around the whale. Four local men have run a marathon around the whale. I don't know how else to say it. It's completely bananas. 630 laps around the whale equals 26.2 miles, apparently. It's 0.04 miles per lap. First of all, okay, the last time, so I like to ride my friend's e-bike around the whale. Like, I feel like whenever we like are riding <laughs> like around on a town, merry-go-round? we'll always be like, ooh, let's go do a lap at the whale, right? And if I do three laps of the whale, on an e-bike. I start to get dizzy. <laughs> Apparently, this is a common question for these men. Meg Walter from the Deseret News. Uh, she's a contributor to this show. She interviewed one of the runners. She asked if they got dizzy. They said, eh, not really. Mostly I got blisters. <laughs> 
Well, the thing that I thought was funny about it is like the process. So they had these clickers and they took like a, ch- a piece of chalk and drew this line that was their, quote, starting line. And then every time they'd cross the line, they had to hit their clicker, which was counting their laps for them. Because obviously you can't count. I mean, you can count, count to 630 in your head, but yikes. So they like had these clickers and they said it was a struggle to remember to even just hit the clicker. Like, yeah. This is an absolutely – oh, the other thing I loved about it is that they switch directions every 30 minutes, which, like, I'm picturing, like, you know when people play musical chairs? Yeah. And then the music stops and it's, like, pandemonium? I'm picturing that that was the scene every time they switch directions. Because yes. you've got to be, like, so in the zone and so dizzy from doing these laps, and then all of a sudden you have to stop in the middle of a marathon and switch directions. Like, and they're knocking it. heads and falling forget over. It. Absolutely <laughs> forget it. Well, okay, Ali, you said you and I would never do this. No. And frankly, you're right. But <laughs> I'm wondering uh, if you'll uh, indulge me in a little would you rather. Ooh. <gasps> <gasps> Ooh I made you a game. <laughs> Yes, I love Would You Rather. Oh, okay. okay, hit me. First, I'll start off because I was reading Meg Walter's story in the Deseret News, and the comments section said, I'd rather be poisoned or run over by a tank. Would you? Would I rather be poisoned or run over by a tank? Then run a marathon around the whale. I would rather be poisoned than run a marathon around the whale. Because mm-hmm. I just am such a big fan of modern medicine. And like, frankly, there is nothing three Advil can't fix as far as I'm concerned in terms of misery. Well, not a broken heart, but everything else. Yeah. And Disclaimer, so, Ali Vallarta is not a medical professional. I am not a medical <laughs> professional, but I do feel like poison me at, at your will. Okay. I will take three Advil and conquer you. Would I rather be run over by a tanker than run a marathon around the whale? No, I choose the marathon. Because okay. I being like truly flattened by machinery is one of my worst fears. Next, run the whaleathon or drink Great Salt Lake water. Drink Great Salt Lake water. <laughs> yeah. Run the whaleathon or free climb the city and county building clock tower. I don't love heights. Well, um, do you love whales? Free climb, like Alex Honnold style, yeah. like eat nine yeah. eggs. Free and climb. Don't tell anyone and get up there. Yeah, we find you there at dawn. <laughs> free, climb. The I free climb. I free climb. I free climb. Run the whaleathon or eat a barrel of fry sauce. Oh God, you know I don't like fry sauce. You put that one in there on purpose. <laughs> I would eat the barrel. Oh wow. I would eat the barrel. All right. Now we know. That's the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel sick, so <laughs> what's the next place to run a weird marathon in Salt Lake Alley? Well, oh, you know what could be fun? Is you know the new bridge that they put up? On the Archie Archuleta Bridge, the Archie Archuleta Bridge that they put up that connects the Jordan River Trail over oh, yeah, the train yeah, yeah. tracks. Yeah. You could run that kind of back and forth. Oh. And that would be fun because you'd be kind of going that uphill, downhill, fun. uphill, downhill. Yeah. But I, I think that is not like the best way to honor Archie. I think Archie Archuleta would be like, what are you doing? Why are you like, wasting your go time? Go to a protest you and get off this bridge. You could be changing the world. Yeah. I do have to say something I love about this, though, like – I've been thinking about the the whaleathon, and my favorite thing about it is that you know that one of my Salt Lake City gripes is our insatiable outdoor culture obsession with like conquering nature. 
I find it to be incredibly obnoxious. Like you don't need to ski the tallest mountain. You don't need to helicopter your way off of a thing. Like you're kind of just causing destruction in your like effort to be the most what savage. And I think fundamentally it often is disrespectful of nature when people get themselves into trouble by underestimating its power. Do more silly shit like this. Like, the next time that you're like, I'm going to scale that thing or, like, whatever, like, just don't. Just go make up a silly little, like, stop conquering nature. Like, conquer some made-up ridiculousness. And we will be just as impressed and have just as much fun talking about you and we'll honor your legacy. Let's go to pick of the week. Um, I have two picks. Is that okay? Yeah, me too. Okay. No oh way. God. Okay. Uh, pick one is a PSA. City Creek Canyon is closing yeah. November 1st. And Allie, I love City Creek Canyon. It's my favorite place to hike because it's paved in their toilets. Yep. But the city is reconstructing a water treatment plant up the canyon. It will be closed during the weekdays. Open weekends and holidays to bikers and hikers, but only up to picnic site 16. And Allie, this is going to last for like three freaking years. Yeah, wait, when is what is the end date? The canyon should fully reopen in January 2027. (laughs) By the time the canyon reopens, we could be three years out from hosting the Olympics. We will have a potentially a new or have reelected the same president or actually everyone who's running for president could be dead. Um, We could be dead. We could be dead. (laughs) We could be dead. We could never go past picnic site 16 ever again. Anyway, so get out there and uh, enjoy one last hike or bike ride. I love it. What's your second one? My second pick is the Jazzerback baby. And uh, we had a home opener this week that was so so very sad um but there is a lot to celebrate this season one the delta center is back purple is back it's the jazz's 50th season Uh, and you know i'm wearing my jazz sweatshirt well the the kings i'm told are very good so very good um, we lost by maybe we'll be the clippers tonight I don't know. I don't know. You I don't guys, know. I it's just so don't hard know. to be a jazz fan. It's so hard to be a jazz fan. And that's why I watch Utah women's basketball, because they're incredible, and they are going all the way this year. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Those are the facts. Okay. What's your pick, Allie? My pick of the week. So, yeah, like I said, two. First... I love carving pumpkins, but they are expensive, and inflation has really hit the pumpkin market. But the other day, I wandered into this store called Curriculum, which is kind of at 9th and 9th, like right next to the stockist. It kind of popped up out of nowhere, and you might not even know it's there because it's really dimly lit inside, but it's full of like, I don't know, if you need to get a gift for someone, like it's kind of a good gifty store. They have cool stuff. But when you first walk in, I noticed to the right, there was this crate like a big crate, like a outside Harmon-sized crate full of pumpkins. And there was a sign that said pumpkins from, and I can't remember which ranch, but like some local ranch or farm. And they're $5. And they're big. Big and they're pumpkins? Like, and flat rate, $5. And they're carvable. The la- last year, <laughs> I remember buying a pumpkin to carve and it was $17. No. These are $5 carvable pumpkins. So wow. I'm just saying, like, if you are trying to get pumpkins to carve for like a family of four, 
go into curriculum and get the $5 pumpkins. It seems a little off-brand for them, but, you know, we'll take it. Do they have a petting zoo outside, too? Uh, no, that would That's be fun, though. Step. The stockist is next door, so you could buy a $5 pumpkin and then a $400 T-shirt if you're really wanting. <laughs> you know, and that's called balance, sweetie. Yeah. Okay. A $50 candle to put in the pumpkin, maybe? Correct. I don't know. Correct. Um, okay, <laughs> my second pick of the week is I had to go to urgent care on Monday morning. And a silver lining of that experience is that I discovered the MyChart app. So if you in any way interact with the University of Utah healthcare system or ever go to the University of Utah to seek healthcare in any way, you know that my chart is there sort of like, I don't even know. It's like your, what? It's like. It's like a patient uh, interface patient system. Yeah. And so they now have this app and you can download it and log in with it. And even if you're like, don't use the University of Utah Healthcare Services, but you like might one day have to go to the ER or urgent care, okay? So in the app, you can click menu and then urgent care, and it will show you based on your location at the exact moment you need to go to urgent care, all the different urgent care facilities around you. So it might be oh, like that's Taylorsville, Sugar House, Midvale, whatever, right? And their wait time, the current wait time, which is awesome because I was near the Sugar House Urgent Care. That's where I would have gone had I not opened up this app and it told me, girly, you can drive eight more minutes to Midvale and wait 17 minutes instead of an hour and a half. And then you can check yourself in. Like you can literally press it and say, I'm on my way. And then you like kind of get in line. Holy moly. We have the technology. If you've got kids that like fall out of trees, if you find yourself in urgent care a lot, if you're just, if crisis planning is your love language, download the MyChart app and this could come in handy one day and save you an extra two hours of sitting in a waiting room. That's super helpful, Allie. Great pick. That's my PSA. Okay, Emily, have a great weekend. I will see you on Monday. See you Monday, Allie. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria, and our host is me, Ali Rayarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria, and sometimes we use music from all the kimonos. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend. <laughs>